Welcome to All Things Creepy. I'm your host, Micah James. For the first episode, I wanted to share a local haunted spot, local to me, while also sharing with you guys a personal story that I've experienced at this house. And without really beating around the bush, uh, it is the Mark Twain house. If you grew up in Connecticut, you probably took a lot of trips to Hartford to visit the Mark Twain house. And at least in my experience, it was usually during grade school, you know, you know, between grades, maybe two and five, maybe, where they take you around his very grand house. I think it was something like three or four stories. But that's not creepy. That's, Or at least it's not creepy in and of itself. When I was in college, I was part of my paranormal group on campus. And we went to the ghost tour. That's where the creepy stuff is. And I think it's important to kind of like understand Mark Twain's family a little bit before we go into the hauntings specifically. Mark Twain was born Samuel Clemens. So if you end up hearing me refer to someone as Clemens, I just wanted to give you that context that Mark Twain was born Samuel Clemens. Anyways, Twain did marry Olivia Langdon. Uh, Olivia herself came from a, quote, wealthy but liberal family. She, at first, rejected his marriage proposal. However, they did end up marrying in February 1870. They lived together in Buffalo, New York from 1869 to 1871. Unfortunately, while they were living in Buffalo, their only son, Langdon, died of diphtheria at the very young age of 19 months. They did end up having three daughters, Susie, Clara, and Jean, and they eventually moved to Hartford, Connecticut in 1873. While they were living in Hartford, they did unfortunately lose their daughter, Susie. She was only 24 years old. She did develop a fever, which ended up turning into spinal meningitis, She, when this started happening, she was not living with her family, but as she developed it, she moved in back in with her family. 
and stayed in her parents' bed. She ended up also developing delirium and eventually lost her sight and lapsed into a coma. She died on August 18th, 1896. And of course, this, as you can imagine, devastated the family. Clara, their middle daughter, ended up living a pretty full life. She died at the age of 88. And uh, it seems like her death was a little bit more natural. As, like I said, she did die at 88. Jean, their youngest daughter, also unfortunately died pretty young at age 29. She suffered from epilepsy from the young age of 18. Mark Twain attributed it to a head injury that she got when she was uh, like right around eight or nine. Uh, While she was staying at her dad's home in Redding, Connecticut, she was found dead in the bathtub on December 24th, 1909. They believe that she was... They, they believe that the most likely... They believe the most likely cause of death was drowning due to a seizure. So, unfortunately, uh, Mark and Olivia lost three children before they themselves passed away. So they had a very tough life in general. And I just kind of like to give this context for when we kind of go into the hauntings. Now, other things that I want to mention before we go into the potential hauntings is they it's just like the fact that they did throw a lot of parties. So you, when you go on these ghost tours, you, uh, you tend to, you might end up hearing like these residual hauntings of like a lot of people talking, hanging out, seeming to have a really fantastic time. They also had this butler named George and he was said to be very protective of the family so now given that context uh some of the hauntings that has that have occurred um something that's like kind of universal to some extent is the white lady the legend of white ladies and Mark Twain's Hartford, Connecticut house is no exception to this urban legend. People, so when you enter into the house, you're greeted by this grand foyer. To the left is this little part, to the right is this little parlor room, and to the left is this grand staircase. And a lot of people have reported seeing this lady in white walking up the stairs. Many people believe that this is Mark Twain's first daughter, Susie, as she did 
die in that home. Other people think that it might be Olivia. Susie has been seen in her parents' bedroom as she did spend a lot of time in their bed when she became sick. Now, when you enter the parlor, it has a little keyboard, not a keyboard, a piano that people play. And that's when you kind of start, might end up starting to hear like the remnants of a party. Now, this is kind of where I started to get my first experience. I like to call myself a hopeful skeptic, and I always like to start my story with this. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily a believer, but I also don't not believe either. But we were in the parlor. Our tour guide was telling us about Samuel Clemens and his family, and they get to Susie, and all of a sudden, we're in the kitchen. I know that we were in the dining room, and I know that she finished talking about Mark Twain's kids, Just because that's just the logical timeline, right? And sure, you could. I've been trying, much like you guys. I'm probably. I would. I've been trying to like brush it off. Like you, you can rightfully tell me like, oh, Micah, no, you, you weren't haunted. You weren't temporarily possessed. You just spaced out. I totally agree with that. Like that's. A hundred percent a possibility. And I just kind of came back to uh, once we got into the kitchen. The thing is, the reason why I'm almost... The reason why I'm almost neutral about the situation where it could be either way is because when I space out like that and I don't necessarily pay attention to what people are saying to me I'm still somewhat aware of my surroundings like I if it was simply me spacing out I would still be conscious of the fact that like oh now we moved to the dining room now we've moved to the kitchen so that's kind of like where I'm at that's where my head is so in the kitchen what I remember our tour guide telling us is that sometimes people would hear the chef cooking something and all that. Now, through the majority of the house, people might see glimpses, but there's nothing notable necessarily, that, at least that not, not that I remember. It's not until we get to the third floor and we get to George's room. George the butler. The tour guide says that he is often the one that people see the most along with the white lady. And 
we get to George's room and she's telling us how a lot of people have told her that they've seen this man kind of like peer out through the uh, door frame and kind of look at them. Not necessarily in an unfriendly way, but also not in a friendly way either. Kind of a very serious look, which gave me chills down my spine. Now, it's like one of those situations where it's like, if you didn't know that that was George's room, you probably wouldn't get the same chill than if you did know. But... I vividly remember walking, you know, going to take a look in George's room and just feeling this cold spot that was like, like, and it was like one of those cold spots that was like, you can't really explain it. You know, like if it it was one of those cold spots where if it, if it was cold, it would kind of be in more than just this singular area. Uh, she also said that people have seen George kind of follow the group. She also herself has seen George almost like after hours, like after the ghost tour. And that freaked me out a lot. Um, Mark Twain also had a billiard room and people have reported hearing like the crack of the billiards now for the most of the rest of the tour it she was mostly just talking about the history of the house and a lot of residual hauntings in case you don't know what a residual haunting is that's more of like where the energy just kind of has been like stored in the house or you know whatever location it is and these spirits are just kind of going over and over what they did in life so it's not intelligent it's just you know like if you see it or hear it it's it's not going to harm you the next kind of exciting part to kind of wrap up almost this episode is we get down to the basement. Now, here's the thing. Basements, especially if they're unfinished, are creepy regardless of the context. But knowing that this place was haunted kind of gave it a even more, like, chilling factor, right? But we get down to the basement... There's like two or three people behind me. The reason why I mentioned this will become clear in like literally just a second. But two two or three people are behind me and like we're all just like gathering up so we can like all hear our tour guide. And all of a sudden I feel this hand on my shoulder. And like I'm thinking like okay, one of the people behind me just like tripped and just grabbed onto me but it was weird I kind of looked back to see if it was one of you know one of them 
none of them looked like they just tripped. It was one of those feelings where it's like, so if you, you feel someone touch your arm and you would see that they're taking their hand off your shoulder, right? Something where it's like, it'd be really hard between the period that they touched my arm and I looked back. It'd be hard to make it look like you didn't touch me at all. So that was weird. But, you know, logical explanation. I'm just getting really into the haunted side of things, right? So no worries. I, But I do kind of like brush off my shoulder because like I still have that weird feeling that a hand is on my shoulder. However, I do that and then I feel kind of like each individual fingertip, like kind of like, not necessarily digging into my arm, but like you could tell that like something was like grabbing onto my arm and I could feel each finger. Now that was really weird. So I'm, you know, looking again, like maybe someone behind me is just trying to freak me out. I went with my college's paranormal club, so... We were all, like, relatively close. We kind of, like, we would sometimes play those kinds of jokes on each other. No, it was not one of those people behind me. But I, as I'm looking, I can still feel those fingertips on my shoulder. I'm starting to, like, kind of, like, freak out. But I don't want anyone else to, like, kind of know that I'm freaking out. So I'm trying to keep my cool. Brush my shoulder again. But... Again, I feel that pressure a few seconds later. And it's not until we walk out of the basement that I don't feel that hand anymore. Now, like I said, most logical explanation, I was just getting really into my head. I was getting into the haunted aspect, therefore... Logically, I'm just, my brain's playing a trick on me. And again, I can totally see, like, if someone's listening to this episode, they're just like, yeah, it's just your imagination. If I was listening to this story too, I would 100% um, be on your side. And I'm still kind of in that boat almost. And it happened to me. But then at the same time, almost... I don't want to say I'm humoring that side of like, oh, it was really a ghost, but almost like one of those things where it's like looking at it through a believer's eyes, it's like the, in that sense, the logical explanation is the fact that it was George. He, like I said, he was very protective of the Clemens family. So, Maybe he felt like we as a tour group just kind of overstayed our welcome. So maybe he was just trying to, like, get someone to, like, urge the group to, like, get out. So, again, that's, like, from a believer's perspective uh, versus a skeptic's (laughs) perspective. So what do you guys think? Let me know. All of my social media will be linked in the show notes. Do you guys have any personal scary stuff that's happened to you? Let me know. Uh, 
My next episode in two weeks will be about shadow people. So be prepared for that. If you are success, uh, if you are sensitive to getting sleep paralysis, I would recommend you skip that episode. But next week, not next week, the next episode will be shadow people. So I'm excited. If you guys have any personal experience with that, please reach out to me. I would love to share your stories if you're cool with it on my podcast. So I will see you guys next time. Please reach out to me on social media. Stay creepy, y'all. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid.